Hi and welcome to Ports Ninja, a podcast dedicated to the African people and culture. You are most welcome to the listening hub of the century. I know, I know, I know. Some of you have listened to my episodes by now. Should be able to recite this particular statement over and over again. But yeah, it's what gets me into the podcasting mood. <laughs> we are thankful. That what seems completely dark has shown promise of dawn. COVID-19 will not last long. We are hopeful. And while we hope to be alive and well to see the end of this virus, do well to mask up, level up your personal hygiene, and maintain physical distancing. Shout out to Ulubumilawal for our immense support taking the burden of social media campaigning off my shoulders and working with me as a principal supporter of the small outreach. I love you, babe. And if you want me to say it in person, that isn't a problem. Just give me the time, date and venue, the necessary personal protective equipment, you know, and I'll be there to scream it out loud. (laughs) Thanks, babe. I really appreciate you. Do not forget to follow on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter for updates. You can also check out my blog as well on www.podsnige.blogspot.com. Stay with me as I will be sharing with you very, very brief COVID-19 update. Yes, you heard that. The pandemic has been the center of everyone's thought. Let us give it less attention today. Then some interesting African facts and myths followed by parts ninja persons of interest. This is where I give you some cool gist about our very own African heroes. No, they are not fictional characters and no, they are not dead either. Let's just say we will be seeing some Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Barry Allen thing happening. If you're a fan of superhero movies, then you must relate. Because I'm speaking some hero language right now. Also, drum roll. Okay, that that doesn't sound like drum roll. (laughs) You will be hearing some strange but true stories. One or two global issues and then vote of thanks. Wait, word of prayer or two. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is that this particular podcast episode is going to be a long, exciting ride. You and I are going on the most exciting virtual road trip ever. Get your snacks ready, as you will not be having any stopover till the journey ends. Stay safe and stay tuned. As of the scripting of this episode on the 29th of May 2020, there have been 5,704,736 confirmed cases of COVID-19, including 357,736 deaths reported to World Health Organization. <sighs> Many thanks to all health workers and everybody working together fighting this battle on our behalf with nothing but their beautiful souls and brains 
we love you god bless and that is how brief i will be dwelling on covid19 let's get ready for the next segment i can't wait have you heard about the enslaved queens oh sorry that is actually the title i give to this segment you probably have not heard this particular story which concerns the African culture and if you have well you are hearing me talk about it for the first time there is no harm in hearing it again right <laughs> so the enslaved queens is about the Trokosi tradition in certain parts of Ghana Benin and Togo the Trokosi tradition still holds relevance. In a nutshell, young girls between the ages of 6 and 12 are dedicated to a shrine called the Trozovi Shrine, which means shrines for gods. These girls are instantly properties of the chief priest in charge of the shrine. The Trokosi system is based on the belief that the gods have the power to search for wrongdoers and punish them you know people who feel an injustice has been committed against them also go to the shrine and place a curse on the offender so that they will be punished by the gods rumor has it that this causes takes several forms ranging from strange sicknesses to unexplained deaths incurable diseases or successive deaths deaths rather within a family when i say successive death for example people dying yearly in one family it's almost no longer a coincidence when such things happen this story reminds me of my family my mother's family to be precise apparently the family is in charge of village masquerades and a bunch of other diabolical cultural events it is expected that children born into the family are dedicated to the gods else oh well i do not know what i know i share but i think that particular culture is no longer practiced in my place but the trocosi is not just some dedication or some child protection rights trocosi itself means slave of god once dedicated these young girls bear the Trokosi tag and instantly are expected to fulfill the sexual desires of the chief priests. Not just the sexual desires, they are expected to cook, to clean, to farm and do everything for the chief priest. This tradition is based on the foundation of family atrocities. If the gods reveal an atrocity, the alleged guilty family must pay for their sins by sending a girl to the priest to pacify the gods. The tradition implies that these girls are to be given to the chief priest to, for generations, if I, I think that's true, yeah, for generations to um continue family atonement i do not know if it's yearly or t- 
twice a year but that's basically how it's done the priest however once he's tired of any girl or he's no longer pleased with any girl he's free to send them away what a story yeah actually this is not a story this happens it is still happening is this tradition still practiced yes but um, I cannot say for a fact as of 2020 surfing the net trying to get more info I, I just came across this particular data that states that 4,000 women and children from 52 shrines have been liberated and this figure is from the year 2002 it will interest you to know that some priests insist that these girls are not slaves but queens chosen by the gods and revered <laughs> anyway that shows you why I named this segment the enslaved queens I've never seen a queen who is a slave like come on I, I do not understand how it works there is a story I also read while trying to understand this tradition about an 18 year old girl who was taken to the shrine against her will um, she's a lot older now and um, telling her stories to two photographers she stated how the, 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 the days of the trochosi starts by four lots of chores and lack of food or essential needs there's almost no clothing for these girls and this particular lady telling her story already has six children for the chief priest. The chief priest has 200 trucosi to himself. 200 girls to himself. Unbelievable. She contemplated running but stayed to protect her family members from dying mysteriously. I'm guessing that's the story she was told, you know, to make her willingly give herself up not just herself her life her future up i can imagine you know someone letting you know or telling you that you are the key to your family's survival you know you would want to do anything to ensure their safety and according to this girl she had already lost four cousins so there was so much at stake for her i this is a pathetic story this particular lady after serious talks with the chief priest was finally liberated but never truly accepted in the society a father rejected her telling her to go back to the shrine out of fear obviously and it it's it's actually true that liberated or extra courses are never truly accepted people still believe that curses will return to them and it's difficult to experience true societal integration my question is why must an innocent girl appease the gods for a crime she knows nothing of obviously there's so much work that still needs to be done concerning gender-based violence if anything, human rights campaigners fear that 
the exposure of, of the Trokosi tradition has only driven the practice on the ground. It has not really ended the practice because women are taken to more remote shrines and the priests still do as they wish. It is actually estimated that there are about 6,000 women and children under the bondage of shrines in Ghana alone. This is pathetic, but I'm sure you would definitely want to know more about this. You can check it out on Google. Just type in the Tokosi tradition and you'll be amazed by what you find. I will be posting excerpts of this segment and more information about this story on Twitter and Instagram. Do well to engage and educate more people in the process. This ends the interesting African facts and myths segment. Stay tuned for post Niger persons of interest. It's going to be a real change of scenario, trust me. And this segment, we will be talking about the story behind Africa's first share portal museum. First thing you will notice when you go to the website of the one and only Sherbotan Museum and Spa in the world, aka the Amamat Africa Village. The first thing you will notice are beautiful pictures of fine men. Ooh, and ladies too. However, my take is not on this beautiful beans, but the brain behind Amamat. Africa village, the village that treats the skin. Amamat herself, a woman of valor and a model indeed, she won Miss Malaika in 2006 at 18 years of age. And it's amazing how she's projecting the African culture right now. I'm not just talking about a pretty looks, a beautiful shiny skin and a lovely smile whenever I go through her Instagram page. No, no, no. I am expressing the fact that she chose a path many would never have followed and changed the narrative about African beauty. She has a story. She's got a past. Every success story is never sweet from the beginning. According to coolkips.com, I think I got the website wrong, she moved to a village after she left the marriage with her kids. As we all know, no divorce is easy, but she came to terms with all life and relationship decisions. She got better and, you know, mingled with her people and village until one time or one day. That moment of change came. While making share butter with her people, she posted a video of the process and it went viral. And that was the beginning of Amamat's global brand transformation. Capitalizing on the positive responses, she started Amamat African Beauty, where she sells 100% handmade products ranging from safari shea butter, golden shea butter, coconut oil, African black soap, and so many other products. 
She is the brain behind a Mamat African village where you go for complete heaven and earth relaxation. It's almost spiritual. <laughs> to learn more about the African village, read the article dedicated to this phenomenal village by Osei Amiyemang. The website address is in the podcast description, just in case you want to know more. Fun fact, you should know that the products from Amamat Africa Village are handmade with 100% natural, unadulterated shea butter extracted from shea nuts grown in the northern part of Ghana. So you're getting the real deal, people. Away from the beautiful Amamat and her business, on the 27th of May to be precise, I was surfing the night and I came across this post on news on dailyfamily.mg about a woman, which leads us to our Pods Ninja's second person of interest. Manti Umu. Manti may not be a celebrity by entertainment or whatnot, but she is one to be celebrated for her strength and courage. She was raped at the age of 15 by an employer and got pregnant and gave birth to twins. Yes, in one sentence, I have just described one of the most traumatic things any woman can go through. I am amazed by a decision to take care of the kids. I cannot begin to imagine what it must have felt like at the age of 15 to make such a decision. As of 2020, yes, these twins are 21 years old, handsome boys, I must say. I am glad that she has made that decision. I do not know about you. And a message to single mothers or single teenage moms says, stand your validation and know that no one and nothing has the power to define who you become but you. Choose what you will and desire to be that thing well. That is some motivational mojo right there, my people. But I like it. I do. And then the last but not the least person of interest, Indubuzi Ezurioha. I do not know if you've heard that name, but I'm pretty sure But by the time I give you a brief description of who this personality is, you will be happy that I have brought this to your ears. Ndubusi Ezeruha is a Nigerian engineer, a professional race car driver, an entrepreneur, and an engine builder. He is the current CEO and chief engineer of BC Motor Engineering. Guess what? He is the builder of the fastest carbureted front wheel car in the world oh yes yes <laughs> he currently holds two world records in car engine design and speed 
His creations have been featured in various films and video games. Now I'm thinking, perhaps I've seen his creations in the Fast and Furious. I have to go back. I have to watch those movies again and try to, you know, maybe, maybe. You know what? I'm going to find out if it's possible that his creations were in Fast and Furious. What do you guys, what do you guys think? In fact, Ezo Rioja has been making waves in his automobile works. They've been featured many times. And he's a trained chemical engineer who started his journey from Anambra State University of Technology in Nigeria at the age of 15 before moving to California where he got his first degree. By 1994, he had started his own automobile company, initially focusing on creating engines for car racing. You know, he, tr- he also showcased some ingenuity of his engine building by partaking in street, ride- street racing, where he won his first prize in 1997. By 2015, he had successfully designed high-performance car engines for popular models. We're talking about Hyundai, Elantra, Hyundai, DC. <sighs> Do not be surprised if I tell you that he has actually partnered with Hyundai in building the engine for 2016 Tuscan, which is believed to be the most powerful model to date. Find out more about this amazing guy on NinjaAuto.com. Link to this article written by the prolific Oluwashe on Solomon can be seen in the podcast description too. Did you enjoy this particular segment? I hope you do. And I hope you are going to enjoy the next segment as well. And I hope that the end of this episode you will be willing to send me your comments either as voice notes or as messages you can easily contact me have you heard about the australian psychologist who apparently fulfilled the wish of a dying cancer patient by letting him have sex with a prostitute. You are welcome to Strange But True segment where I will be telling you strange things, but things that actually happened. Child psychologists in Australia have condemned the colleague's decision, you know, for allowing a 15-year-old boy with terminal cancer have sex with a prostitute. However, some people felt, you know, this was the boy's dying wish so really you know what else could have happened it's like asking for um, an exclusive meeting with a celebrity but this case sparked an intense ethical debate you know and then there was this there was um, a rise in public sympathy uh, the, the, the boy that died um, after you know what happened people were relating to his case you know trying to understand why he made or requested for such um, a service 
details of the this, this particular case emerged when the psychologist contacted a radio station days after the the boy died it will interest you to know that um, this whole thing happened without the knowledge of his parents so which is also why the debate was intense because people felt you could at least let the parent know what this boy wanted but then again we need to think I do not know if I would have agreed to let them as parents know. That's my opinion. But on the other angle, it's actually important because the boy is 15. The parents ought to be aware of everything happening in their child life, especially one with cancer. The boy told the staff at Sydney Hospital, you know, of his desire to lose his virginity before dying he initially rejected on legal ground his psychologist and a group of friends later escorted the boy out of the hospital to fulfill his dying wish do you think that this decision the psychologist made was a good one or not what are your opinions about it does it really take that box that box that says is strange or true? I know it should, but then I'm really particular about what you think of the story. If you were the psychologist, what would you have done? We are gradually getting to our destination. I must say the trip has been an interesting one. I hope it is same for you too. Stay tuned as we will be talking about global matters and then I will be saying bye-bye to you. We have seen the circle before. I am sure we all can relate. A black man is murdered. Thousands go to the street in his name. Worst case scenario, the culprit is fired. Thousands leave the street and then another black man is murdered. I'm sure this is no news to most of us. I and I know that this cannot bring back the dead, but it is some progress, considering that the cop responsible for George Floyd's murder has been arrested and charged for and charged, yes, he has been charged with a third degree murder. To be honest, I wish he did not have to get to this point. I wish somehow Judd never stopped fighting and is alive. Alive to join those protesting today. You know, alive to tell his story about cop brutality. Because definitely the world would have seen the video. And well, that's that, that's just a wish, and we can only wish. But he's dead. I, I, I understand the reason and morale behind the protest ongoing, but I, I sincerely wish too that it is not a violent one. I do know that we can all agree on one thing cop brutality on the black folk needs to end.
and so that is the end of today's podcast i hope you enjoyed it in case you haven't heard my sole aim is to make you an avid podcast lover like i want you to be at the topmost of your list of hobbies <laughs> be sure to frequent this channel check out other episodes while you anticipate what comes next if you like what you hear do not listen alone share this episode with your friends it's pretty easy and will only cost you about 10 seconds of your time do you have a story that needs to be heard feel free to send me a voice message here on anchor or an email or better still reach me on any of the social media platforms i am queen k W I and N be particular about how it's spelled, baby. <laughs> and I'm honored to be the host of this show. As I live with you, African sounds and chant, know that this is not a conclusion, but a promise for better sounds, better content, better stories, greater impact, and most importantly, a better version of us the next time. See you next episode.